I'm not in the group chat with 43 million black people, but we're all saying the same shit. You know what I mean? Across the country. I don't, I'm from California. Somebody in Georgia saying it, Florida. I don't know this individual, but we all have the same story. So we can't all be lying. You know what I mean? It's not, stop sweeping this shit under the rug. Hi everyone, uh, we're here again and this is going to be a, a bit of a different episode. Um, I got my buddy here who is also in the real estate industry and he played in the NFL for eight years, right? Yes, yeah. And uh, he agreed to talk a little bit more about a relevant topic today, which I'm sure we're all very aware of. And I know it's a very sensitive topic, but I, I just saw it as another opportunity to get more, get another voice out there. And I think it's an important discussion and just like my other episodes it's a hard discussion and it's something that I think we need to have. So I found it relevant to be a little more relevant to what's going on today and uh, give a topic that, uh, you know, with regards to George Floyd and everything that's happening. Um, Zach's going to be chatting up a little bit about it, his perspective. So Zach, thank you so much for being here, man. No problem, man. Uh, I definitely appreciate you having me. Um, like I said, in light of, you know, everything going around, going on in the country today, um, this definitely is a relevant conversation. It's an uncomfortable one, but it's one that has to have uh, has to be had, you know. So, I appreciate you having me on here and uh, being able to give my little perspective on what's going on. For sure, and I'm looking forward to it. Like I, like we said prior, I, there's nothing I can say or you know offer insight as much as you can, and there's just another vehicle for another voice. And I think just hearing your perspective, regardless and your own experiences, hopefully it can shed some light and you know. I'm going to learn a lot from it. I can already tell. Yeah. But uh, I mean, just to get off the bat, I know there's a million other stories that we can start off with, but with today, what happened to George Floyd, I'm just curious to get the ball rolling and just how his death has affected you and, and how you see it. You know, it's, um, it's a tough one, bro, because, you know, his experience is something that a lot of us who look like me deal with, you know what I mean? Who look, who have darker skin, you know what I mean? African-American. Um, it's one of those things that kind of, it angers me, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's the way in which it unfolded, you know, it's, uh, you know, for nine minutes you have your knee on somebody's neck as he's screaming for his mom. And she, you know what I mean? That shit is, it hits a little different. And then when it comes to the situation, like in 2017, bro, I was driving downtown. I got, <clears throat> you know, I have, a, I have a black Audi, not the one I have now, but I had a black Audi A7. It's like 9.45, I just got through uh, washing my car because I washed it by myself and shit, you know what I mean? I got to... Yeah, I get it clean. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I, mean, yeah. I do my own thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm downtown, I'm driving. I don't have license plates on the front and back of my car. It's the dealer plate. You know I mean? It's a luxury car, so I got the, I got it at Calabasas, so I have that. It's on the back seat. It, looks, the license a lot, it plate. looks a lot better. It looks cleaner. Yeah, it's black. Yeah, yeah. And we're, you know what I mean? But I, I'm, I'm, I'm legit. I got all my paperwork signed. I'm like, cool. I'm pulling out of the, uh, the car wash, and I can see... Like we 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 know, you know what I mean? We we know. I'm pulling on, I see the officer, he looks at me, I look at him, and I can see him look at me and look down at my front plate and see that there's no license plate. So I'm like, all right, shit, here we go. So now I'm now my antennas are up. So I'm looking at my rear view as I'm driving by just to kind of see. And I can see him looking back to see, you know what I mean? Now I know yeah. he realizes I don't have back plates. So I take off, I'm going, I'm driving. I and I see him coming out now. So I know he's gonna pull me over. So I go to pull over, bro, thinking I'm just gonna get a routine ticket. For some license plates, cool, whatever. Bro, I'm, put your hands where I can see him. Get out the car. Dad, I got guns drawn on me. Immediately? Uh, bro, immediately. I'm parked. I pull over. I'm parked. Get out the car. The strobe lights are all on. Now I'm nervous. You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 in my car not knowing what the fuck to do with my hands. Like, I'm like, oh, shit. Because I got dark tinted windows, too. So I'm like, 
I don't know which one of my hand movements they're going to think. Right, right. I'm you know, trying to reach for something, whatever the case may be. I'm trying to put them out the window on my steering wheel because I'm, I'm confused now. This is for some license plates. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, <clears throat> I'm on the curb. And uh, the first question that this officer asked me, he's like, are you a felon? Or are you a parolee? That was the first question. As I'm getting frisked on the curb, before I have the opportunity to give you any kind of identif- identification. Where, where did you say this? This was downtown Los Angeles. Oh, downtown, downtown. Right off okay. Alvarado Street. The first question out this man's mouth, are you a felon or a parolee? Damn. I had never, I had never felt so like disrespected in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, what is that? What do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, off the bat. you didn't even give me a chance to give you, like, bro, I'm... I'm a business owner, you know, I'm a college graduate. You know, I have my own day in my hometown. You know, I've played in the NFL for eight years. You know, I've, I'm a, I've done all these things. But the first thing out your mouth is, are you a felon or a parolee? So you can understand how that can make somebody feel. You yeah. know what I mean? When you, why? Because of what I look like? That's the first, why am I even on the fucking curb right now for a license plate? Like my mom was in corrections for 30 years. Like I know the law. I know, I know how shit works. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? This isn't protocol. So when you see something like George Floyd happen, it brings you back to those moments where you're like, shit, I'm lucky to be here to tell my story. Because had I acted how I wanted to and probably was warranted to at a certain point when I got disrespected, because when he said that shit, bro, I wanted to, I wanted to flash on him. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I'm like, I know if I do that, like the story is the end story is going to be like, oh, he should have just complied because I'm probably going to get tased, beat up, shot. Because now I'm resisting arrest. Because I'm like, nah, bro, you just disrespected my entire life right now. Like, so yeah. I'm gonna question that shit. Like, what do you mean? So if I get attitude with you, now all of a sudden the narrative's gonna switch on me and I'm gonna get fucked up. Right. So I like what I wanted to do <clears throat> and what I had to do conflicts me like every day. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's something that people of color deal with every day, bro. So to kind of to see George Floyd. And Philando Castile, you know what I mean? Just the countless other names be taken away with no rep- repercussions in, in that kind of a manner, bro. It uh, it angers you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm angry. That's why I can't I can't go down there to those to those to those rallies, bro. Because I'm the type of motherfucker. If I go down there and I see a police officer doing something to somebody, bro, I'm a flash on you, dog. Yeah. Like I'm because like, I'm angry. You know what I mean? And I'm angrier than you are. I promise you, I am. You know what I mean? So it's like. Ah, so it, it's it's a tough one, bro. It's a tough one. Rest in peace to George Floyd and you know and all the others that had to deal with something like this. And um, you just hope to uh, you just hope change comes from this. The change needed comes from this. You know what I mean? Yeah, it seems like I mean early on, not even early on. What, how, I don't know how long it's been. It's been like two weeks now. Or week, yeah, it's week? been about 11, 12 days. Eleven, right? twelve yeah. days. It seems like there's been some significant, a lot of significant things happening uh-huh. right now. Um, and I, I know I've had a lot of dialogue with people trying to educate myself. Like I said, there's a lot I don't know. Um, and obviously, I, I have I've never been in the situation you've been in, so I can never relate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just straight up, I can never, I can't relate. Yeah. Um, in regards to like, I wonder why, like, what is the difference now? Like, obviously, the plan is we don't want to put a band aid on it. We mm-hmm. want to fully eradicate this and hopefully make some serious change, which is clearly there is some systematic, some, some yeah. systematic issues. I, I think it's hard to argue that. Um, but in regards to why, why do you think there is so much change now? I know we mentioned it prior to recording. What is the big difference in regards to this and all the other times that is really seems to be sticking even more? Is it like you said, the way it happened? Yeah. 
the way it happened? I think what resonates more is the way it happened. Because I think we've all gotten used to like turning on the TV and <clears throat> seeing the police, you know, shoot down an unarmed black man. It's like, damn, are they shooting? Like, what? But now to kind of see a modern day lynching take place in front of you where this man had his knee on this individual's neck for nine minutes when you have people around you screaming at you, let him up, let him up. He can't breathe. He's screaming. I can't breathe. I'm asking for my mom. And just to see the fate, the look on this dude's face as he's just sitting there, like taking this man's life away. It uh, no matter where you stand on the on the on the issue, when you see something like that, it kind of hits a little different. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's um, like I said, it was like a modern day lynching that took place in the streets in in, in 2020, in the year 2020. You know, we're still going through this shit today. So, you know, you start you're starting to see. You know, I'm seeing like Colorado. Uh, they put a they're trying to put a law in place. You know, to to rectify the situation and things like that. So there's slow change going, there's slow change going, but I, I think that's what kind of resonates more with people with yeah. the, the, which, how it happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's tough. And I'm not the most politically savvy person in the world. Maybe I should be a little better on it, but what, what do you think? I mean, this is a loaded question and I think if we only, if we knew the answer, we'd probably yeah. be doing it. But in regards to some of the changes we're seeing, hopefully going to continue to see what, 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 what is your opinion? What should we be doing from both sides of the perspective? I don't, I don't want to just label us two people, but you know, it's, it's easy to say it's white and black. Yeah. Like in your opinion, do you think, I feel like everyone could always do better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And clearly there's one side might outweigh the other, but is there anything in your opinion that maybe one side can do better? Both sides can do better in some senses. Is you just have to, to openly listen. You know, mm -hmm. the dialogue has to be there. Like I said, it's an uncomfortable conversation. And look, there's the, the population, there's 43 some million black people in America. I'm not in the group chat with 43 million black people, but <laughs> yeah. we're all saying the same shit. You mm. know what I mean? Across the country. I don't, I'm from California. Somebody in Georgia saying in Florida, I don't know this individual, but we all have the same story. So we can't all be lying. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, stop sweeping this shit under the rug. You know what I mean? Having that open dialogue about it. You know, it's one of those things, bro, it's um where I kind of, so my story, dog, I, I grew up in a small town about three hours north of here called Tulare. Like I said, my mom was in, uh, she worked in the correction. So the prison is right down the street. So everybody that kind of worked at Corcoran Prison, you lived in this town. So we, I grew up in a, like a diverse area, small town, but it's diverse. Mm -hmm. I grew up there my entire life, though. You know what I mean? Like I was born in Texas. I was born in Abilene, Texas. My whole family, my mom's from Marlin, Texas. My dad's from Marlin, Texas. My dad was in the Navy. He got trans he, he uh, got stationed in San Diego. And that's how we ended up out here. Grew up in a small town called Tulare, which was very diverse. And it was from a small, it was from a young age. And I grew up in this town. So I didn't, like Lil Wayne had an interview a long time ago where he said he really didn't experience racism because of, of his status. You know, I'm Lil Wayne. Everybody knows that shit. Well, in my hometown, because I grew up there from such a young age, and not many people came in and out of that town. Everybody knew who I was, so they were comfortable with me and my brother there because they knew us. Right. They knew who we were. So that's all that's a one that's that. You know what I mean? It's all, yeah, because we grown up here. You know yeah. what I mean? I've known these same people for my the 17 years of my life from teachers. Everybody knew us. All different colors. All, all different, different colors. I had white friends, black friends, Indian, Mexican, you know what I'm saying? Mexican homies, you feel me? It was all the entire gamut, the entire spectrum. Right. So I understand how to maneuver amongst different ethnicities, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because I grew up in that kind of a culture, that kind of environment. Did you feel like you had a maneuver or was it the fact that they they knew, like, for instance, you had that story of the cop, yeah. like he just saw you and defined you. Yeah. These people like got like knew who you were. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Was it, did you have to, did you feel yeah, as if yeah, you had yeah, to maneuver yeah. or? 
it wasn't really maneuvering. It right. was just because it was so normal for me. Right, right. It was right, just okay. the norm. So I didn't really experience the. It was probably being said, but because they were cool with us, they were comfortable with us. Yeah, it, we were cool. We, we didn't walk around. You we, you know what you, I mean? Yeah. So then I went to college, bro. You know what I mean? Like I said, I went to college in the middle of Kansas and shit. I went to Kansas State University. Love that place. I love. You know what I'm saying? Love that place. But then you start seeing, like when you remove yourself from that environment and then you go into the world and you start seeing shit how it really is. So let me paint this picture for you, bro. Now I'm in Kansas. <clears throat> I'm fortunate enough to, I'm in this situation where I, I know how to interact with white people. But some of my teammates who, who grew up in Florida, Georgia, Texas, from the ghettos and shit, white people don't go in their neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't know how to interact mm -hmm. with you. You know what I mean? They're just lucky enough to have a, have a talent that was able to produce them a scholarship to, to be able to leave that environment. Transversely, on the other side, these white kids from Kansas are growing up in towns where they don't know black people. We don't have no black people in our town. I grew up, I graduated in a class of 13 people. I ain't so their stigma of black people is what they see on TV. You know, the thugs, guns, drugs, killing each other. That's their stigma of what they see about us on TV. They yeah. don't know for real, but that's what they see. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's in Can at Kansas State University all at once. Bro, so I'm so you have a situation where we don't know how to talk. They don't know how to talk to each other. I'm vividly one day we were going to a, I got it was me, a few other my teammates. We're going to a frat party. We get stopped at the door. Like y'all can't come in here. What? Like what do you mean? Like you know they, you were just cheering for me like four hours <laughs> yeah. ago. Like you know my name and shit. Like you know my boys' names, but we can't come in here. So now I'm with these. You know for them it's cracker this, cracker this, and I was and I'm looking at this shit like what. Oh shit! Like y'all don't know how to communicate with each other, so I'm all, I'm here looking at this shit like what the fuck is going on? Like it's interesting, and I'm like, oh shit, because the white people who go into your neighborhood wear a badge and they abuse their authority. So every white person you see is a crack of this, crack of this. You just mad because outside of that motherfucker who wear that badge, they not going into your neighborhoods. They don't care. So you don't know how to correspond. You don't know how to talk to them. Mm. These white individuals, you don't know how to talk to these. So now it's a conflict. It's a conflict. It's a constant fucking struggle. It's like, and you're seeing this from a different perspective. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn. But for me, because I'm with them, my black friends, I'm guilty by association. Right. These white kids don't even know that half my friends are white. Mm. Like, I grew up with a bunch of white kids, you, but you won't you won't even know that because of what I look like initially. You already scared of me, but you don't even know. So now you start, now you're in a situation where you literally have pretty much have to pick a side. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm gonna ride with my all day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I, like, case, I'm like, shit. If you gonna be like, it, shit. Well, it's it's interesting. It goes back to again, because if someone's judging anyone before you even got a chance to like communicate and talk, like yeah. you said, then something's something's programmed. That, yeah. It goes back to like how you said, I guess. The people that grew up around what they're seeing on TV, mm -hmm. so that begs the question: It's like, okay, how much is really, you know, a, becomes just a political diversion or something deeper than that? Where yeah. you know they're painting the picture on purpose. So, do you have any opinion on that? Where uh, the gov like, whether it's a government or just propaganda? I don't know of some kind of like programming okay. of you know paint. Like I've seen some shit that kind of paint. Like the I saw a documentary towards the Thirteenth. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I just watched that the other day, and it, it did, you know. It did open my eyes to a lot yeah. of things and how it's much deeper ingrained of, you know, maybe kind of controlling a story. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's it's programmed. And like, again, it's another thing with, with rules. Yeah, no one's born. You're not, you're not born racist. No, no, not at all. You're not born with whether it's black, white, this or that, no matter what it is. You're not born with a definitive 
prejudice towards anything. Mm -hmm. So it's like that's got to be taught. One hundred percent. And it's and it's like I said, it's programmed. It's ingrained, and you kind of really don't even understand. You don't even know it until you. Again, there's another thing. And like I said, I, I'm not trying to sit here and that's this is just my experience. You know what I mean? Right. And where I went to college and in my like I had you know I have a bunch of friends who had who who played Division One football and things like that. And so you talk and you're like, damn, are your rules the same as ours? It's like, nah. But then as a as a student athlete, you're sitting there, okay, you're 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 now you're starting to dive into this shit and you know, now you're there and you're realizing, like, damn, these rules only affect me mm. and people who look like me. So what's your thought? Because something like that where it's like it's very indirect. It's like direct but indirect at the same time. But what's your opinion? Do you ever like in that same scenario? Because I've never that's the first time I'm hearing that when you tell me this story. Yeah. Do you ever look? What's your thought if you were to force to look at their side? Is there any justification for it? I mean, you know what I mean. Like, is there, I feel like it's when it's corporate America and stuff like that. People are a little tighter, but that's obviously that seems specific to black, yeah. black culture for sure. And even okay, so you but, go that. Well, I'm just trying to teach you how to uh, to manage in corporate America and how to how to how to maintain in society and things like that. But I'm like, okay, well, let's look at corporate America and NFL mm -hmm. CEOs in corporate America don't look like me. You know, owners in NFL, none of them look like me. So you're teaching, what are you teaching me? You know what I mean? You're teaching me how to go conform to, so I can fit in with them. You know what I mean? With yeah. the, with the rest, with society. So that's what society wants from me to fit in what, what is quote unquote, the good look, what's right. But that's not, that's not me. Yeah. But that's what you're trying to ingrain in me right now. You're telling me that I have to do these things because this is going to be the way you're going to be able to go sit in front of that. CEO and might get that, but I'm like, this motherfucker don't even look like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like none of like, so what are you what are you saying to me right now? You know what I mean? So in order, I have to look like you in order to make it out here? Mm -hmm. Is that what you're saying? To have a chance around here? I gotta look like this. That shit is weird, bro. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what is what are you trying to say? And that, that kind of brings you to a segue that we spoke about earlier with I mean, I, I think it's relevant with your NFL career. And what uh we, I wanted to bring up Drew Brees and what he said about for anyone that didn't uh hear what Drew Brees, the quarterback for the Saints said about um quote me if I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing i don't know if i'm saying mm -hmm. it right here but he said something about he, he wouldn't agree for people that are kneeling during the, the the national anthem and it just made me think of why like, i don't know drew Brees. I, i've never seen any other antics publicly about him being any sort of racist or anything like yeah, that yeah. so my my transition here was why did he say something like that like why did he say something what was your stance on what what he said and why he said it it was obviously poorly timed. Like, why, yeah. had, why you had to say that shit now? But uh, what, what was your thought on that? It was weird. You know, it was, um, like I said, like, everybody, so he's, that's his opinion, that's his opinion, and it is, but it's just like, it's a, for the lives of many in this country, it's an unjust one. You know what I mean? It's like, nah, let's, like, we, we weren't disrespecting the flag. We're trying to peacefully protest. It wasn't told why we were doing this. We're peacefully protesting but everybody wants to change the narrative. Oh, you're disrespecting the flag, the country, the soldiers who went across and fought for us and died. You know, this, that, and the third. I'm like, okay, but like, with Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Like, I was drafted in 2007. The story I said on my Instagram the other day, I was drafted in 2007, bro. First few years of my career, we didn't even, we weren't even outside for the national anthem. It, like, we would warm up. And we would go back inside. Some guys, like I said, this that was the time you used to get your mind right. Mm -hmm. There was never an outcry, a public outcry about it. This that you know, oh, you're disrespecting the flag. So I'm like, if that's your stance now, why wasn't it then? You know, we had Facebook and these other public, you know, forums then where you could voice your opinion. It was never voiced when we weren't even on the field for the national right. anthem. But now all of a sudden, when Kaepernick kneels and takes a peaceful pro, oh, you shouldn't do that during the national anthem. The only reason why we had to go out there is because 
the NFL started getting paid to have players on the sideline. Oh, for real? That's it. It's it was. It's not about patriotism while we're standing out there. It's about it's monetary gain. Wait, they got paid for. They got paid to have us all out on the sideline. It's like, oh, let's have them all out on the sideline for the national like anthem. The yeah, the NFL in right, general right, got right. paid huh. to have us on the sidelines, bro. So it's like this isn't about patriotism, bro. This is about money. But before this shit, it was never a problem that we weren't we weren't even out here for this. Like, yeah. I'm in my locker room. I'm in my locker figuring out whose head I'm going to bust down on kickoff, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> while the National Anthem's playing. I'm in my locker chilling in my mode. Wasn't even out there. but And it was never a problem. But now all of a sudden it is. And I'm like, Drew, you were in the league before I was. Yeah. Like, this wasn't – now, where, where was this shit when you got drafted back in the day, you yeah. know, in the early 2000s and shit when this was going on? Like, now it's a problem to you? Now it's disrespectful? So what like, do you think is perspective? But what, why would he, why, what, what was his reasoning for him not agreeing like, do you think it had anything to do with his position on why they were protesting, or you think it was just the way it was done? I mean, I, I can't speak on Drew Brees and his, right. his 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 values, his opinions, and things like that. That's his opinion. I don't know what drive. I don't know what drove him or drives him. You know what I mean? It's just. Amen. But from an outside perspective, I can listen to this. I'm like, okay, that's your opinion, but it's a very unjust one. Hmm. You know what I mean? And. You know, it's, you know, the argument we're sending, you know, our soldiers over to to die for that flag. And, you know, they're fighting for your freedoms. And, okay, I understand that. They're fighting for our freedoms and our equalities and all that shit. But that shit that we still don't get over here today. Mm. Like, so what are you telling me then? You're telling me we're sending these soldiers over there to die in vain? Because the shit that they dying for, we still don't get over here. So your argument is invalid because the shit that they, oh, they're over there. We're sending soldiers over. Okay, cool. I understand that. I appreciate your service. But the shit that you're over there fighting for and dying for, African-Americans still don't get that equality in this country today. And you want me to. Yeah. Like, and that's your argument. That's your argument. Oh, you're disrespecting the flag and the soldiers who go over there and die for your freedoms. Right. Tell the whole story then. They're, what else are they? Tell the whole story. Like, don't just end it there. Like, is it because it's too uncomfortable to talk about the real issue? Like, oh, if we yeah. don't talk about it, it'll just get swept under the rug. And we can just keep going around our, our social norms and and everything will be okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like you said earlier, I think it's just, it's just not as simple because I guess no, I don't have an answer. I'm not sure if anyone has the answer, but I mean, there's, there has been some sort of progress in some sense. But in regards to uh, just talking about it, I think can go a really long way and just having those difficult conversations. Exactly. Understand, it's really just understanding each other. I mean, you had the perfect example. Like you lived in a, you grew up in a community where there was all sorts of colors and everyone was cool because uh -huh. they knew each other. And it wasn't just like looking at someone and automatically defining someone just because of what you think and what you were taught. But once you get to know fucking someone, it's like, we all bleed. Bro. We you all know bleed. What I mean? It's like, and, and that's where it's, that's where it's tough for me because I did grow up. But in, <laughs> Because I, I'm quote unquote one of those those lucky ones, you know what I mean? It's it's where I'm far enough. I was far enough removed from it as a child to really didn't to not have to see it. You know what I mean? But as an adult, as a, I'm still a black man in America, there's no escaping it. You yeah. know what I mean? That's why some of my friends or some of my friends that I grew up with are starting to reach out to me. It's like you know we were stuck in such a bubble, which just we didn't understand and this and the third. And I understand. I'm not. You know what I mean? It is what it. Because I was I was there too. I, I lived there too. It was it, it. It took me leaving, but the same part, the same time, is just for me. Is I understand where I come from. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm not. I was born in Texas. My mom and dad are from a town of like three thousand people. You know what I mean? Country as shit. I'm lucky, so to speak, because my dad went to the Navy and got and, and took us with him. You know what I mean? But I've been. I 
I lived in my home where, my, where I'm from. You know what I mean? I'm lucky because most individuals who live in that kind of a circumstance don't have a chance. You so, don't even have a chance. So what was your, if you don't mind me asking, your dad's background, because he, he went that direction. Mm-hmm. Did, he, did he come from a similar upbringing in regards to where it was more diverse or? No. So, no. How did, so my question is, how, like, so this people that, you know, come in, come in, sh- in shitty situations, mm-hmm. what was his choice that made the difference of him getting, quote unquote, out? I don't know, is that what you say? Well, he had an older brother, uh, my uncle Lawrence, who I never was able to meet because he, 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 he passed away, but he was in the army. So Lawrence went to the army. Um... You know, and my dad was in college. He was an athlete. But after college, you know, now you're, this is the, you know, 80s. You know what I mean? And so you're, you're sitting there, you're at the college and trying to figure out what to do. Um, so, he, you know, he decided to join the Navy because, like I said, he's from a small town of 3,000 people. You know, country, High Bank, Texas, Marlin, Mart. There's not, you know what I mean? There's not a lot of room for growth out there. You know what I'm saying? And it's everybody looks like you. He has, he's, a, I think, 14 brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? And. 14, damn. 14, and he's the third oldest. So, you know, you have to make a decision now. You know, my brother is born, you know, 1983. So now you got to make a decision. Like, you know, I got this kid, I'm going to join the Navy. You know, so he joins the Navy, and, you know, we get stationed. He gets stationed in San Diego, Chula Vista, and that's where we were. We, you know, I was from when I was born, and I was born in 85, but when I'm, you know, early on in my childhood, I'm in San Diego, I'm in Chula Vista, right? So, so early childhood, I'm, I'm now I'm out of that environment. I'm out of that Marlin, Texas environment, right? My mom and dad split. My mom is going through basic training to become a, a correction officer. So she sends us back to live with our grandma in Marlin, Texas. So we were out. So now I'm coming from my my childhood experience. I'm in California. I'm seeing this, the, yeah. the sunshine. And all of a sudden, she sends our ass to Marlin, Texas. And I got to see where I'm really from. You know what I mean? As a young child. And you're like, what the fuck? You yeah. know what I mean? Like... What is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it, 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 and now as an older individual, you can kind of see, like, damn, man, like, mom, it's like they don't even have a chance out here, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, you know, I, you know, my dad, my my parents, and I'm, and I'm part of those situations where I was just fortunate enough. My parents got out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. some kids, you're guilty by your zip code. If I'm from Compton or Watts or this and third, and my family wasn't lucky enough to get out. Now I'm generational here. So what what is that difference? Is this just, is this some goes back to the mental of how some people come out of a, a tough a tough situation or a tough neighborhood? Mm-hmm. It's because like if you if you if you're born in a in a, in a neighborhood with a lot of crime or uh, just straight up, some people are born in a disadvantage. Yeah. Straight up, like yeah. some people are like on on the starting point line, and some people are twenty yards back. Yeah, but there are there are good, some amazing stories of some black people that have. Or do, like you're doing, you're doing great, yeah. right? And there's a lot of successful black people still. Uh, obviously, the numbers are swayed. But what what do you think in your opinion the differences of some people that get out, quote unquote, yeah. and some that don't? Is that a, is that a mental thing? Is it, I'm sure it's it's a very layered yeah. question. It's very yeah, layered. No. But um, what's your thought on that? I mean, I got out, quote unquote, because I was able to escape that environment, but unknowingly, right? You know, what I mean, as a kid, I don't know that was my, but but then I grew up in Tulare, and that was. So, but had I grown up in Marlin, Texas, I'm probably not sitting in here in front of you right now. You know what I mean? Because my my opportunities to get out are very are lower than they were because of where I grew up. That's why when you, you know, these these, these yeah, you have your like I said, the concrete from the roads. You know, the, from the uh, I mean, the roads from the concrete. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, there's very few when you're when you like pretty much in a lot of instances you're guilty by your zip code. You know what I mean? Like maybe I, I'm qualified. But I grew up in Compton yeah. or I grew up in Watts or whatever in these neighborhoods that are, quote unquote, not the status quo. But I've I'm one of the few who got out, you know, went to went to college, got a degree. But my name is D'Anthony. And, you know, now I'm going up on a, a job interview against Michael. 
Our resumes look the same, but I'm from Compton. Right. Michael's from Encino. Who's going to get that job? You mm. know what I mean? Who's going to get that job? I'm not. I'm lucky to even get this fucking interview. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to get this job, though, even though I'm just as qualified as this dude, this, that, and the third. So now all of a sudden, I'm, I'm DeAnthony. I'm, 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 you know what I mean? I'm not trying to make excuses, but this is... So now I'm DeAnthony. I'm back in the neighborhood now. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah. And now I got... I have to make a living. I have to survive. So what I... My only cho- what are my choices now at this point? I got to rob, steal, to kill to get my shit. I want the American dream too. But because of where I'm from, you're telling me I can't have it just because of where I'm from. But I want it too. So what I got to do to get it? And I, that's when you get that crab in a barrel mentality because it's so tough for black people to, to progress in this country. When some black people do, it's, it's like, and I'm, I'm looking at like, how the fuck did this nigga? You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? Like, yeah, I was talking to a, a, a girlfriend of mine or some, someone I just met and she... We had we had a conversation about what you know what are the differences what what can we do better and when I say we I mean I mean like the, the white community yeah and because David Gog you know David Goggins I don't but David Goggins he he had a really good he's a black man I think he was in the army very very bluntly spoken he's he's amazing very motivational and he was explaining like how he had a lot of he had a lot of help through his life and it was from white people uh-huh. and it's gonna take it's gonna take the opposite color to maybe do more of a part more of a part than you know what i mean than the black activists or anything like that and so what i'm getting at is like this girl i was speaking to was talking about a company they have like a couple that was great to hear because like companies are having meetings of what can they do better mm-hmm. how can they help and so i was asking like what what are some examples of what these companies can do better and it was like outreach it was like like have job fairs instead of in encino like you may say go into other areas yeah. where there's more of a black community and give them the opportunity because otherwise how are they going to find you mm-hmm. so these companies got to do a better job of outreach and stuff like that so i think it's, it's those details and it's it's fi- i mean the protests are amazing it seems to be working and it's like but it's going to go beyond that it's going to go it's going to go uh fighting with the pen and the voting and stuff yeah. like that I, I don't know but then the argument is like we've been doing this for a while but I think it's just going to take a collective organization. It's not just yeah. it's not just the black community. It's everyone. Like it's we like white people got to step up too. Yeah. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of layers to this. There's so many. There's so many layers to this. I think we could continue talking for. Yeah. So yeah. It's, I, don't it's, have, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. No. Like I said, <laughs> and it's just one of those things where in those kind of areas, what you're saying, it's it's so underfunded in those areas. It's like, yeah, maybe I want to go to school, but man, fucking look at my. Look at this book, bro. Like this shit. My 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 mom had this book in 1973. I see her name in it. You know what I mean? It's the same shit that she she. It's the same book that she had. Yeah, like yeah, like what the fuck? Like yeah. What? Like this this is the shit that we have. It's so underfunded and so like so. I'm like maybe I want to go to school, but what's like the teachers that are here don't want to be here. I mean this community like it's because nobody really cares. You know what I mean? And, and nobody cares, bro. Nobody fuck. Nobody cares because as long as it's not happening to us. As long as I'm good, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. As as the, the, you know what I mean. I don't want to make, but as long as as long as it's not happening to me, I don't give a fuck. You know, let them go ahead, let them deal with that shit and, and figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't keep keep bringing up uh, fucking celebrities and big names, but Will Smith, uh, I think, posted something that was interesting. Said um, he said racism's not getting worse. He said it's getting filmed. It's getting filmed. That was an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. What, what, do you do you think that's the case? Because you know, there's a lot of th- we just we're so accessible to seeing shit right yeah. now. No matter what it is, like we think these some of these things are just born, but it's like not a lot of these things we're just we're seeing it mm-hmm. now, and that meaning it was is it getting worse? Have we gotten better, or is this just now that we're seeing it? Like this has always been there type shit. Yeah, so. no. It was, again, it goes back to that that programming we we speak of. You know what I mean? I don't want to use the word privilege and white privilege and this kind of third, but it's 
every week it seems we get on uh, on the internet and we see a, you know they want to call them Karens. You know what I mean? Karens picking up the phone and calling like the one in New York if you, that was walking their dog, choking the shit out of her dog, but uh, saying that this African American man is is threatening her and this that, and the third, right? So she called. You heard. You hear the call. You hear the. You hear the. The way she calls the officers and the, her die her her rhetoric immediately puts on the distressed voice and it's this African American man and he you make that phone call because you know what that shit's gonna do yeah like you know what's gonna come with that phone call now it's my word versus yours yeah and you know what the you know what's gonna happen so you say you don't understand your privilege but every time you get in these circumstances or you want to falsely accuse some you know you have that power to do so. Because all I got to do is call this police officer, sound distressed, say it's a black person on the other side, and be, and, and, it is, and as soon as that officer gets here, now as a black man or whoever is in a situation, I'm pissed because now I'm in this situation for no reason. So when you're trying to ask me for my identification, I'm like, fuck you, bro. Are you here because she's uncomfortable? I didn't do anything. Yeah. I didn't do anything. So now you're here because she called you. And then what happened? Now I'm, now I'm unrest. And now I get fucked up because you called the cops and now I'm mad. So now me and him are at it. Because I'm not giving you no ID. I don't have to. I'm not here unlawfully. Like, so now I'm in the scuffle with this cop and I could end up dead, whatever, because you were uncomfortable and made that phone call for no reason. Yeah, I guess that's an unconscious slash conscious little undercurrent that, you know, I guess whatever however you want to call it. But it makes me think of a story that if you don't mind me sharing. Yeah. I went to school in Philly and there was this bar. It just makes me relate to what you just said. So there's this really quick, there's this local bar. Plenty of college kids went there, but you know it was it was a very local Philly bar. Yeah, and we went there one night, and we walked in like three or four of my a couple of my friends were all were all white, and every like we've been there before, but this time we went there, everyone was black. Yeah, yeah. everyone was black, and we walk in there, and three like me personally. I didn't. I truly didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I'm at a bar. Yeah. And I, but I did notice, like, oh, we're like the only white people here. And three of my three, whoever I was with, I don't remember, felt uncomfortable. And they're not. I've never had a hint of racism with them. With I was never like. I've never had any, any issues with them regarding mm-hmm. thinking they're racist. But they were uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. There was just an innate uncomfortability with them being there, and they decided they wanted to leave. I, I just it was actually it was great for me because I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm gonna chill. So then I was the only white person. I stayed because everyone was playing pool. Yeah, there was a tournament going on. I ended up playing pool with everyone there. I was literally the only white person there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie. At first, there was that I noticed it, but. What, for whatever reason, my other uh, white friends felt uncomfortable, and it's not that they're racist. They they have black friends, and yeah. it's nothing. But there's that there's that interesting like stigma. I wonder if it goes both ways. Like if you walk into a white bar, you probably feel this. You probably feel uh, what is it? No. Like you feel something too, right? So here's the thing. I'm glad you said that well, shit, I play, bro. I played play some really good pool too, and I I, I ended up getting some good props there. For that's the, what, that's, that's what I'm saying. Thing. That's what I'm saying. But you walked in there and you was cool. You know what I mean? If you walk in and you cool and shit, but like your home, because I was just I just had heard a story like this like the other day, and I'm sitting there, I was like, see the differences between this shit. Like you walked in there and you nervous and shit, right? Like if you act cool, you're gonna get treated cool. Period. A black, you know, me walking in that scenario, I'm in my chest high. Cause if I walk into a room of 70 white people, I already know 50 of these motherfuckers are scared of me. You know what I mean? 50 of them are uncomfortable that I'm here. Just because of my presence. You know what I mean? Just because I'm here. So now. For me as a black man, it's my job to appease you. I have to make you comfortable now. That's why I have to go over here and crack this joke. You know what I mean? I got to go say this. You know what I mean? Walk up to somebody. Oh, yeah. Da, da, da. Oh, okay. We're good. Okay. We're good. He's he's cool. He's cool. Everybody everybody, get back to normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. literally, that's, that's, yeah. that's my experience. 
Like, you walk into that shit and you get nervous and shit. But I walk in, I'm like, ain't nobody in here going to say shit to me. Because yeah. half of them scared of me anyway because of my presence and what I look like. I fit the description of everything you scared of. You know what I mean? So I know I'm not going to have, I'm tat tatted up, I'm big, I'm black. Ain't nobody going to say shit to me in here. I know I had that power when I walk into this room. That's why it's my job to make you comfortable now. Now, I, I'm walking around having to make you comfortable that I'm in here because you're because you're scared already. You don't even know who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it goes back to that how we're, what we see on TV and what and how we're taught because like I said when I walked into that bar my friends it doesn't make naturally just doesn't make sense to like feel that way but that's something built in yeah you know what I mean it's already it's already in you it's already in and you want to, like every bro like we do real estate you know what I'm saying like I see you that one day I was in the open house I saw you scoot by my shit you know what I mean I was like scooter and like you walk in, I was like, bro, I can't door knock in Encino. I can't walk through those neighborhoods and do that shit. Like, I wish I could, but I can't mm. because there's a Karen in every neighborhood. Like, I'm after half an hour, I'll be lucky. First of all, if somebody opens the door, and lucky if I don't have an interaction with the police because there's a suspicious character walking through the neighborhood. And do you think that's always the case, bro? Like, in 2018. So, my, you know Alexander Anu, uh, or he works, he is light-skinned. He uh, worked with uh, the Altman Brothers for a while, but he's okay. on our show. Um, good dude, bro. Um, he was getting ready to list, or he was at, looking at this property, this $7 million property in Studio City off Blairwood. Blairwood? Blair Chang? Yeah. No, where is this shit out? Where? I don't mean to drop Blair's name, but it's great. No, no, he's no. The, big, the, the big time listing, agent. He, um, he's great. <laughs> uh, the house was on... I actually just looked this shit up earlier. da da da, da. Blairwood. It was on Blairwood Drive. It's like it sold oh, for six point three. Street. Okay, sorry. You know what I mean? It's on Blairwood Drive. So he he's he's inviting me to go look at this house, right? I remember this day vividly because it was my brother's birthday. It was June fifteenth, two thousand and eighteen. It was my brother's birthday. So so now I'm trying to go find Alexander, right? He gave me the address. I'm driving through. So I come to this T section. So you can only you come. You gonna make a left or a right? So I'm lost. So I make a right. You know what I mean? All right. Let me just make this right real quick. So now, clearly, I'm kind of, I'm now looking around trying to see, right? You know what I mean? But now you're looking around. Now I'm looking around. Yeah. So now I look like, you know what I mean? Like I'm casing the place. So it, it's and we are, and we know this shit. There's a, there was a lady coming down out of her driveway, and it's up on like a, a hill. You know what I mean? So she's coming down. So I, as I'm looking, I look up, and she gave me that concerned citizen look. Yeah, I looked. I was like, oh shit, here we go. You know what I mean? Like here we go. So I'm driving off, and she busts the right. She goes the opposite way. I was like, all right, cool. So now what do I got to do? I got to go back to get to my original point of, re point of reference. So I passed by her going back the way that she just saw me, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm at that T-section again. Now I make a left. I'm driving. and go about a block. <clears throat> I see my boy Alexander's car. I go to make the turn. You know, he's on this side, pointing this way, and I'm going this way. So I'm like, let me, you know. So I go do my turn. I get right here, and I'm, about to, I'm looking this way, looking this way. I look this shit up. Bruh, she is now coming down the street. The woman who I just passed is now coming down the street. I'm like, wait a minute. That's the chick. Yeah. Nah, let me. I back up and I go, what does she do? She pulls in behind my shit. But because me, I got some sense. Now I know I have to remove myself from my vehicle to show you that I'm non-threatening. I'm dressed nicely. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm in this. So I, I got out my vehicle. I went over to my boy Alexander's vehicle, talking to his window. I'm like, oh, what's good? I was like, hey, he's like, what's up? I was like, this woman's following me. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, this woman in this silver Lexus right here who is now pulling behind my car is following me. She's followed me right here. And now she knows I'm on to her. You know what I mean? I'm like, bitch, I'm... 
Like I can see you. You know what I mean? I, I now know you're following me. But it's just one of those things. And this was one of those. This is right when the, the Karen movement was huge because in in Oakland, one of those women, uh, one of the the Karens, whatever, messed up a barbecue. And I'm like, in my head, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I could, I could literally, like, fuck this whole woman's wife. Like, I could stop if I, if I, politely went up to her window with my phone out right now, and asked her, like, why did you, you know, feel necessary to follow me? Like, what? And, like, I'm, and then spit her my credentials, my yeah. resume. I'm like, this is who you just followed through this neighborhood right now. I've done all this shit. I've accomplished all this shit in my life up to this point. Like I said, business owner, own day, NFL, all, that's who you just followed through this neighborhood. You know what I mean? Because you were uncomfortable? Like, because yeah. I scared you? Like, why? Why? Because you saw a black man driving through this neighborhood and I'm not supposed to be here? Yep. Explain, because if you call the cops right now, I'm going to be in that scenario you just told me. I'm, he's going to come here and I'm not going to say shit to him. And then he's going to get agitated. Well, sir, will you please just, I'm not giving you shit. Like, cause you here because she was uncomfortable. That's the shit we deal with, bro. On a daily, every day I wake up, dog, I got to worry about where I go, how I dress, you know, what I look like, what I say, just to get back at home. Because any minute I could get profiled on some bullshit, you know what I mean? And, and end up in a scenario that I'm, for what? You know what I mean? At any given moment of any given day, I could end up in that situation. So I literally have to be aware of all that shit when I leave the house, period. Oh, boy. <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> Well, like I said, we can go on forever. I think uh, the whole point of you getting on here is to hear hear this one man's story, and I think that goes a long way. So I appreciate yeah. you saying that. What what just on a kind of a wrapping note, what would you what would you say in regards to you know anyone whether young or not experiencing any discrimination themselves? How would you as you know being having experience in your life? Yeah. How would you tell someone young that's still figuring it out and still experiencing this how they should handle it? Not that it should ever exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, what can we do better too? But how, what, what kind of advice would you give someone that's going through it now that hasn't has as much experience as you or understanding or grasp life like that? Like, just stay strong, man. Use your intellect and use your voice. These kids now have way better, more of a platform than we ever had. You know what I'm saying? I'm 35. I'm gonna be 35 in four days, bro. Like, yeah, nice. Happy birthday. What's today? The six, yeah, my birthday is June 11th. So. You know, these kids, you know, they have way more access to, you know, to use their voice than we ever did. You know what I mean? And right now with everything going on, it's a time to, to, to keep your foot on the pedal. You know what I'm saying? Like, make be uncomfortable. Like, the, the situation is uncomfortable for us every day. I don't care if you want comfortable listening to this shit. This is what I deal with every day. So it's like, keep your foot on the gas, man. And, 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 and something has to change eventually. Eventually, because... You know, we're kind of creatures of habit. This happens, you know, I feel like once or twice a year and all of a sudden we'll have like we'll riot or we'll throw protest for a little bit and then it'll just kind of go away and then it'll happen again. Like this time, bro, it's like, like actual steps need to take place. And I feel like it's happening because now more people are listening. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Trying to see both sides of the story. So just keep going because um, it's, it's not going to end today. It's not going to end tomorrow. This is going to be an ongoing conversation and hopefully, you know, I don't have kids yet, but Hopefully one day when I have kids and they're young and, you know, my conversation to them isn't how to survive in America based on what you look like. You know what I mean? So, like I said, that's what Martin Luther King had a dream speech. Mm -hmm. And we still sitting here 60, 50, 60 some odd years later going through the same shit. So it's like, come on, man. Like, it has, it has to change. But keep, keep, your, keep your foot on the gas. Keep your foot on the pedal. You know what I'm saying? Use your voice. Use your platform. Vote. But don't just vote. 
know what you're voting for. You know what I mean? Don't just go to the polls and be like, oh, okay, this guy isn't Donald Trump or this guy isn't this person, so I'm gonna vote for this individual. Like, know who you're voting for, know what their policies are, all that, because everything matters. If it's a local, it's a local election, governor, mayor, like what is what is what are their policies? Cause this is gonna this right here is what's gonna affect me the most. This person that's local, the president. You know what I mean? But I need you know, someone when it's going going to these voting polls, man, like be aware of what you're doing and come with that knowledge. And and, and like I said, keep your foot on the gas. Hey Amen. Keep the foot on the gas. Communicate. Educate. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. That's it, man. And appreciate you having me on Shit, here, bro. Man, yeah, this is this is I mean Tough conversation, but it's yeah. fun. I, I, it's 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 good. It's good to have a dialogue. Like I said, there's a lot of shit I don't know. Um, and I, I, unless we hear each other out, yeah. How how the hell are we going to learn about each other? How else are we going to figure it out? We just we can't just assume. Um, so no, I, I appreciate your perspective. And like I said, I think no matter no matter what anyone's perspective is, we just got to listen to each other. And yeah. I think maybe not be so quick to just argue. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all going to have different opinions regardless, but we just got to we got to listen. Exactly. Uh, then, no matter yeah. what the no matter what the scenario is, especially this, this is just so prominent right now, and it's important to keep the foot on the gas, like you said. It's not hopefully it's not just a social media trend. Yeah. And then this quickly ends, and we forget about it. Wait till mm-hmm. the next time. So I, I think I think something. I, this is a weird year, but a lot's happening, and I do believe this is a, a really define a big defining year. Since so much is happening, you know, that so much is compiled and compounded that. Mm-hmm. Something maybe something really good could happen. I think if there's ever a time, it's always today. So I hope so, bro. That's oh. it, baby. But Zach, thank you. I, you want, I don't know if you want real quick. Hopefully, people are listening right now. I'll plug you in on like in the context. We have a show, yeah. And your real estate and yeah. everything. I don't know if you want to plug it in. Real okay, quick. yeah, no, okay, yeah, no. So uh, you know, uh, definitely, I have a show on VH1 called Love and Listings. You know, season two uh, should be coming out pretty soon. You know, we. Uh, it's, it's a it's a project which is you know we're we're definitely proud about it's kind of you know outlines you know African Americans in the luxury real estate like yo we could do this too like we're out here too you know what I mean so we have that on VH1 called Love and Listings uh social media you know at Zach Dials Z A C D I L E S on social media but outside of that man just every day you know just try to do better every day yo hey man baby thank you like so I'll give you the plug so people can find it easier and uh, Zach my man thank you so much and. Uh... Stay strong, baby. Let's do it. Appreciate it.